Well, good morning. Awesome. If there was one thing I wanted in 2022 is to be closer to Jesus. I mean, my New Year's resolution would probably be if I could be closer to Jesus, then everything from that point forward would fall into line. And you know, I know what it feels like to kind of struggle with that because I think the problem is we don't understand everyday faith. So today, um, I want to just take some time. I want to just focus on everyday faith. I want to I give you some background so, so that we can get together on the same page. So that 2022, at the end of it, we're not saying, wow, just another year went by. So if you would, if you have your Bible, would you turn, to me, turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Now, if I was in the kids' area, the first thing I'd say is, book of Matthew, where is it? New Testament or Old Testament? And they'd go, New Testament. And I'd say, okay, that's going to be in the back of the Bible. It's in the front of the New Testament or the back of the New Testament. And you're going to say, it's in the front of the New Testament. So there you go. Go to there. Now, uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. And, and in uh, our society now, we have the uh, modern technology. We're going to have it on screen for you. So if you haven't found it in your Bible, you're going to see that. Would you guys stand with me as we read from the Word together? I like that. I like to start out with the Word because that's what's all going to be focused on. So let's read together. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow after me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you will just speak through me, that the words that I say will be the words that you'd have for us. Walk with us in this journey, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. As you sit down, let me, let me tell you, when, when I started this process of thinking about what to say today, my mind immediately went, boom, one spot. And that's pretty exciting because a lot of times when you're asked to speak, you're like, ah, what do I, what do I, what do I, what do I, what do I? But mine didn't. Mine went to one place. Because for me, the whole thing was a transition of, of talking. If, if you listen to what I've said to my, to my team on Wednesdays, when we meet for about an hour sometimes every Wednesday night on Zooms, and, and we talk about the children's ministry team, one of the things I talk about is having everyday faith. And I think that the problem generally is that, that we have a faith that is like Sunday to Sunday. We don't like have a faith that's every day. And it's, it's the same reason that we have the problem of a, a kid who gets saved in VBS year after year after year. It's because they don't have a faith that's every day. They have a faith that like starts at one point and then all of a sudden there isn't any follow-up, no, no build-up, no discipleship. And because of that, you know what happens? The next time the gospel is presented, they respond again and, and we're all like, oh, that's awesome. But the truth of the matter is, is that, that there hasn't been any everyday discipleship. And so if I was to, to tell you that this is what I was going to do, I'd probably do four parts in this message. I would probably get four different weeks. And, and the first week was definitely, do you want to be a disciple? Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? I think that's the culmination of everything. And you guys have shown up here today. So I think that that's pretty much decided, right? You want to follow God. You might not be where you want to be. You might not know what you need to know. You might not, in any of this realm, understand everything that's going on. But you do want to be a disciple. I want to follow Jesus. And, and the second one, I, I would probably say, would be one that would, we'd have to understand that discipleship has a cost. I think this is understood. 
because it takes time to be a disciple. It takes energy to be a disciple. You have to set aside what you want, deny yourself, and put something in. Oh, let me give you a quick example. Let's say you just happened on your way by Hilltop Marina to see a new boat. And you're so excited. You, you stop in and you look at the price tag. $30,000 for the starter entry level boat that you want. And you're like, dude, how am I going to make this fly? So you go home and you get your spouse and you say, hey, come sit down at the table. Would you like a drink? Would you like to talk? Would you like? And they're like, what have you done? What do we now own that we didn't own 45 minutes ago? And your spouse looks at you with these big eyes and you're like, they're waiting for the bomb to drop, right? And, and what you say is this. You say, I'd like to buy a boat. And, and they look at you and they'd be like, what? You're like, yeah, I'd like to buy a boat. How much is that going to cost? What's that going to be? And you're like, well, it's only $30,000. They go, $30,000? That's a lot of money. And you go, well, you know, I've watched Dave Ramsey. I've gone to financial peace, so I know I'm not going to go to debt on this, right? So I've got it planned out. What I'm going to do is I'm going to set aside $250 a week from what we now spend. And we're going to set aside that money. And over the course of 30 months, we're going to save enough money up that we can buy cash for this boat. Well, if you're going to buy in cash, that's a big deal, right? And your spouse looks at you and she's like, what, what? okay, we'll try. Because the first thing you're going to say is we got to cut the grocery budget. we got to cut the going out to eat, which are both things that affect both of you. And the dreaded word of we're going to meal prep. That's a dreaded word. Go to the always save jelly. Dreaded words. But listen, that's great. You both decide and everybody's excited. Okay, we're going to get a boat because she mentions the word, this could be good for our family. And you're like, yeah, point family. It's going to be great. Because you had not thought of anything except fishing and around on the boat. You never thought the family process. And when she brought that up, you're like, hey, thanks for giving me point two. But here's the deal. Week one, you do great. Matter of fact, you don't set aside 250. You set aside 300 because you set a couple of Starbucks back in there. You're doing good. Week two, you're doing good. You put another 500. That's 500 now. Week three, unfortunately, you forgot that you had something due. So you had to pay it. So you really didn't make that much money. And you think, oh, I'll make it up next week. So you decide you're going to make it up the following week. And the following week, you only put $25 in it. But then you say to yourself, it's okay I'll just make it 31 months. It's going to be okay. Until week 12, when you forgot that it was your anniversary, and now you decided to get this big thing, and you go, and there's no money left over, and then you take some out of the boat fund to pay for what you did when you went on the trip, and then all of a sudden you realize in about week 16 that you don't even care if you get a boat or not. It's over. Because you've not set aside any money, and your account is no better off than it was. Guys, that's the way discipleship is. You get all excited about it at the beginning, and all of a sudden, by the end of it, you just, just quit. I'm, I, don't even, I mean, it's, I'm halfway through the year, and I don't even know if I'm closer to God or not. That's why I think that second part would have been cool to talk about. But the, the next one is, is you got to decide what kind of disciple you're going to be. If you're like me, I'm telling you. If you're like me, I want to be 
one of the 12, one of the three. Because disciples are like this. You got 5,000 people were fed. You got 500 people saw Jesus when he was risen from the dead, which would have been cool in my opinion. Then you have 70. Those are the ones that kind of traveled with him. And then you had 12 that ate with him. And then you had three that prayed with him. Man, I want to keep moving to those. And for me, it happened in 1999. I started in 1999 a series of studying and discipleship called Crossing the Line in 1999. And it wasn't the notebook. It wasn't the paper. It was the guys that I got together with, the people that I prayed with, the people that I knew. And you know, me and Donovan and several other those guys are in full-time service now. We're serving the Lord all the time with our lives because of a decision to be closer to God in 1999. I was 31 years old, 31 at the time. And so we have to understand that, you know, Y2K was upon us. It was a big deal, a lot of things going on. But listen, it was a decision to have everyday faith that's what made the difference. That was what made the difference in my life. So that's why when I was asked to do this, it was easy for me to say because I want to share with you what would be the difference in 2022 for your life. So that means that following Jesus every day brings us to this point. What is everyday faith? Well, everyday faith is trusting Jesus in such a way that it changes how I see God, myself, and others every day of my life. But there's a terrible word in there. There's a word we don't like. Change. Change. We don't like change. Do you know why we don't like change? Because change means we have to be different. We have to improve. We have to work. We have to set aside. And we don't like that. We like for us to stay the same and everybody around us to be different and meet what we want. That's called human nature. And that's not what God's asking for us. So I've got just a few points here today. As a matter of fact, I want you to know that this is not a list that if you check off this list that you'll be spiritual. I'm sorry, I don't have a magical formula that if you were to just do these things, it's going to work out. Because let me tell you something, even when you trust God and even when you love God, death comes, division comes, hardship comes. All of those things that everybody else gets still come to those people who follow Jesus regularly. But the difference is, is you have Jesus walking with you on the journey. And if you've got Jesus walking with you on the journey, what difference does it make what comes into your life? Job would say, I came in naked, I'm going out naked. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the kind of faith I want. That's the kind of faith that I want in 2022. So I have one main point here. Main point number one, trusting Jesus changes how you see God. It changes your relationship to God. Now, I'm going to go through a lot of verses today, and I know that probably the easy thing would be is to just kind of be like, well, you know what? But I'm going to tell you, getting into the Word of God is going to be the focus of everything that we do. Because if you're going to trust Jesus and you're going to follow Jesus, it's going to involve some commitment to His Word. So, first verse is in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Now, I like this one because this verse is about when, favorite story in the Bible, Mary and Joseph, the perfect parents, lose their kid for three days. You and I both know that DSS should have been called immediately. 
So Mary looks at Joseph, says, where's the boy? The boy looks at, the, the dad looks at the mom and says, I thought he was with you. He said, I thought he was with you. He's not with us. Oh, he must be with Uncle Jim. He goes to Uncle Jim. Elizabeth, have you seen Jesus? Yeah, I saw him the other day. He was in the temple. Oh my goodness, we've lost God. <laughs> so, so Mary and Joseph run back to the temple, right? Finally, I figured they'd stay around in the city for a while, but they get back to the temple and then they find him and his mom is a little upset at him. I'm not going to say that she's not. I don't understand how could she be mad at God, but we get mad at God. And he says, we have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He said, didn't you know that I had to be about my father's house? Okay, this is not a plug for church, but it is by default. Because Jesus was in church, and if you're going to follow Jesus, you best be where he is. That's not hard, is it? I just think it is. He was in his father's house. The second point is Mark chapter 1, verse 9. Now, Mark chapter 1, 9, 10, 11 is one of the ones that if you've uh, been baptized, if you see a kid get baptized that I've been a process in, they are going to always go, I'm going to always take them this passage. Because if you're going to be following Jesus and you want a relationship with the father, then you need to be obedient. And just to give you a synopsis of the story, Jesus comes to be baptized by John. Of course, we know it's not a baptism of repentance because what? Because Jesus is God. He doesn't need to repent. So Jesus comes to John. John says, you should baptize me. He said, no, you baptize for obedience, that it would be obedient to the Father. And so what does he do? He baptizes him. The, the Bible says the heavens are torn apart, and all of a sudden a spirit comes down like a dove and a voice from heaven. If you can't get better on obedience, I'm telling you, Jesus likes obedience. The Father likes obedience, and he identifies with his Father through those obedience. And I'm not making the point baptism. I'm making the point obedience. Because, you know, if you don't walk the walk, then you're not going to draw closer to Jesus in 2022. If you say, I want to be a believer, and you live like God is not part of your life, that relationship with God is not going to be what it should be. When our kids disobey us, and they tick us off, it doesn't change the position of me being the parent, them being the kid, and that I love them, but it sure does change the relationship that we have. Then Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20, you guys know it is a great commission, right? What does the great commission say? Go and that's all others, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the key point here we always miss, teaching them to obey. Jesus thought it was so important that he put it in the great commission. The obedience factor, if you want a relationship with God, you need the obedience. Then you got... The next one, connecting in prayer with the Father. A prayer life will be evident of a life that you live for God. Everyday faith is going to have prayer. Jesus got up in the, early in the morning in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says he got up early. Now, I don't, I don't care if you guys get up early or if you set aside late at night. But the whole point is set aside some prayer time, okay? Put more prayer time into your life in 2022. Less stress, more prayer. I mean, that sounds easy, and really, it's hard, because just like the boat, we start out with the desire, we put a bunch of prayer in, we got a list, and by March, it's gone. 
Well, let's stay vigilant about it. And then I think that the interesting thing is, is that the disciples never got this stuff, guys. We always think the disciples figured it all out at once, right? It's like, boom, it was with Jesus. It must be easy. They never did that. As a matter of fact, the disciples that were praying with Jesus at night fell asleep. The disciples, when Jesus was crucified, ran away. So don't think that the disciples got it right off the bat. So that's why I think he wrote in John chapter 17 this whole prayer for all of us that are come. Because he knew that even when he was present on the earth, that not everybody gets it all at once. And it not always happened at the same time. But the prayer that he gave for us, and if you want to study a prayer, study that prayer, John chapter 17. It's a prayer for us. Jesus prayed for us. How much better should we go back to the Father and pray to him because Jesus was praying for us that we would do that? Finally, I think probably the, so that point would be that, you know, we need to connect the relationship in prayer because, you know, if you don't talk to your spouse for seven days, it's going to be a problem in your relationship. If you don't talk to your kids, it's going to be a problem in your relationship. But if you don't talk to Jesus, you don't talk to the Father, it's going to draw a problem in your relationship. But the one that comes in Luke chapter 22, 42, when Jesus is about ready to enter the crucifixion, he says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You know, that surrender to the will of God changes your relationship with the Father. Second point, trusting Jesus changes how I see myself. Interesting passage, James 1, 23. Because in James chapter 1, verse 23, it talks about this. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at his face, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. He rationalizes his own argument about how he's always been a certain way. Does that make sense? Well, you know, I've always been that way. My dad was that way. His dad was that way. We're going to be that way. It's almost like a rationalization of ignorance. And I know that that's not what we mean it. But listen, once, once we know that God's got something, it changes the way I see ourselves. Because we see ourselves as valuable in God's eyes, but we walk with humility. That's going to change everything. How we see ourselves is going to change if we walk with Jesus every day. Well, why? Because we know that Jesus died for us, but we also know that we fail him. Paul, in his, when he wrote, he would always start out by saying, I'm, the, I'm the, the least of the Pharisees. But when he ended up, he said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Chronologically, the, the view that Paul had of himself went down over time. But the view that he had of Jesus working in him went up. And those two things are re related to each other. I think the other thing is we have to learn to control our mind. <laughs> You're like, dude, if you could see my mind, I feel that way, all right? I mean, I, the other day I heard a joke about a guy talking about there's no such thing as a B battery. I never thought about that. Now my mind is constantly thinking about stupid things. Like, why is there no B batteries? Why did they not do that? That shows you that my mind is basically out of control. It rolls down the hill 
wherever it would go. But we need to control our minds. And in Philippians chapter 2, which this is a great passage. I mean, they're all great passages, guys. Don't let me, don't get me wrong. But listen to this. Philippians chapter 2. If any have encouragement from beginning uh, from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete that ye being like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit and purpose, do nothing out of self-ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look to his own interests, but also into the interests of others. Wow. Is that not a definitive on how we should look at ourselves? We should be encouragers. The world, world has tons of discouragers. We need more encouragers. Finally, not conforming to the world around us. We all know the verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, be not conformed to the world. Unfortunately, a person that will not be a disciple and not follow Jesus is going to look just exactly like the world. The difference is, is that people that are looking like Jesus are going to act like Jesus and they're going to be controlled by the Spirit and not by the flesh. So we're not going to conform. We're not going to buy in to what the world wants from us. What does it want? Me, me, me. That's what it wants. Don't be conformed to that. Set it aside. Set it aside. In 2022, set aside that you come first. That would be not conforming to the world. And, and then that brings up the third point. The third point is this, it's going to trust Jesus is a, changes how you see others. Why? Because if you trust Jesus and you follow Jesus, can I be honest with you? You're going to see others as someone he died for, someone he made in his likeness. And you're not going to look at them for what they believe or what they think or what they act. You're going to look at them for who made them, who loved them, who died for them. But instead, we want to look at people and judge them for how they look, what they do, what they believe, where they go, what they don't do, what they do. And you know what? We get so wrapped up in that that we forget that Jesus died for them. And just like us, they stand short of the glory of God. What difference does it make in your airplane if you're five feet up or ten feet up? From an airplane, it looks the same. So from God's perspective, looking at the worst sinner and the greatest saint, as far as sin, there's not much division. But to look at us compared to Jesus, now there's a division. But yet we want to judge the person that's down here. It's going to change the way we see others. In, in, in Matthew 7, 12, it's what we know of as the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. We tell that to our kids. We don't necessarily do it for ourselves. But we tell it to our kids. And this is, here's the key. It's got to be proactive. <laughs> have you ever thought about that? The golden rule means I have to do something first. The golden rule means you have to treat me the way I want you to treat me. What? That's not the golden rule. That's the selfishness rule. The golden rule says, I'm going to treat you the way you want to be treated. Uh, not many amens on that one because guess what? It's tough. It's hard to treat others the way that they want to be treated. I think the distinction comes in this next one. In 2022, how are you going to treat your enemies? 
It's not hard to treat your friends well, is it? But following Jesus means you have to treat your enemies well. And I don't like my enemies. I don't know about you, but I think they're very wrong. Matter of fact, I could probably come up with a list right now of things they do that I don't like. But if you're like me, the challenge is not treating your friends like they want to be treated. The challenge is treating your enemies the way they want to be treated. And Jesus is key on this. What? Because the Pharisees, I mean, he brought out the sin. He brought out the truth. But he was never, never was he hateful. The only time he ever gets mad is when the disciples don't handle the kids right. And when the people put money changers in his dad's house. He didn't get mad at the Pharisees to the point he did anything about them. He took that and just took it. Wow, that just boggles my mind. And if you want to have a good verse that you want to set for your life this year, how about 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. <laughs> we need more builders, don't we? Oh, you can't watch the news, but what? It's a terror downer. Twitter's a terror downer. Facebook's usually a terror downer. There's a lot of terror downers. We need builder uppers. And I want to be a builder upper in 2022. I think that it's going to change how I see others because I'm going to be forced to build them up and when I want somebody to build me up. And I think the final thing in, in how we see others is how we see the lost world. Now, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, that we all have to surrender our lives to full-time service and we all have to move to, to Canada or to some other place that, that doesn't have as many believers as we have. And, and I hope that you are being a light in your neighborhood because Jesus specifically said Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But can I tell you that if you really do love people, you'll tell them about Jesus. If they meet you and walk away never hearing about Jesus, then you don't love them. And if you're not praying for them, then you probably don't love them. And they're probably in that category of people whether you don't care what happens to. Maybe in 2022 we can reduce that list. Are you hearing me? Maybe we could reduce that a little bit and we could start living what we knew we needed to do. Because we want to, in 2022, draw closer to Jesus. And we want to walk away from this whole thing having everyday faith. But you know what? It's like the boat story. We start out, we're excited, we've set aside time, but we wane on our commitment. And you know what we end up doing is we forget the whole process sometime in. That's why we have to have friends that hold us accountable, that keep us close to the fire, that help us to live like we're supposed to live. You're on an island. You stay away from church. You don't read your Bible. You do all these things. I can guarantee I know the result. But could you imagine the result of being closer to Jesus in 2022 when December 31st, hits this year, we'd be like, dude, it's been a great year. But that's your choice. 
Are you going to choose to be closer to God and to follow Jesus and to do that in 2022? Or are you going to just keep doing what you've always done because that's all you know how to do? I want you to have everyday faith. I want to trust Jesus in a way that changes how I see God, myself, and others every day of my life. How about you? Well, let's pray. Father in heaven, we just, we just always come back to being about you, Lord. It's always, it's always just about you. Father, I just can't imagine a world without you. And look, so many people here today came and started their new year by being close to you here today, by coming to this service. Lord, we've all taken a step. Maybe some of us more willingly than others, but Lord... We've taken a step, and I pray that you'll take that, that initiative that's in our heart. And I pray that you'll keep that fire going and that you'll put people around us that are able to continue to encourage us and build us up. Now, guys, I don't know. With your heads down, with your eyes closed, I don't know if any of you are in this building and you're like, Hey, dude, I don't even know what it means to be a disciple. You know, it's, it's as easy as admitting you're a sinner, believing Jesus died for you, confessing your need for him, making a choice to follow him. Now, you can jump into the word and check that out for yourself. Read the book of John. It'll tell you. But listen, I just invite you in this quiet moment to say, listen, God, I, I want to join your team. I've failed, and I need you in my life. Man, if that's you, we rejoice with you. But then again, there's the rest of us. Some of us, we're the 5,000. And if you're a 5,000 and you want to move to the 500, you want to get on board with God a little more, I just want to ask you right now in the stillness, would you commit to saying, Lord, I want to move closer to you in 2022? If that's you, we rejoice in that as well. Because moving closer to God is always something that, that builds a fire in you and ignites a fire in others. But here's the thing. Maybe you've been on the fringes Maybe you've walked at church, but not part of church. And you want to get even closer to God. The devotional that we've given outside there, those blue books, that's a good start. Prayer, getting involved with that, that's a good start. But take a step. Put your arm around somebody as we leave tonight, uh, today, and I want you to say to them, hey, help me keep on this track. Help me keep my New Year's resolution of being closer to God in 2022. And Father, as we get ready to go, Lord, I know, I know that you are working in hearts. Why? Because you've brought us here, not by accident, but because of your divine intervention. So walk with us, Lord. Hold us close to the fire of your love. This we pray in your precious, your holy name. Amen. Well, guys, we're so glad you should be here. We got so many things for you this year. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome year. We've got stuff... Sp for the kids starts again next week. That's going to be awesome. We love to have the kids back. Uh, House of Prayer will start on the 12th. We got some stuff going on. We encourage you. We encourage you to be part of Northside closer and closer. We've got in groups. We've got Bible studies that go on. We have life groups you can join. All of these things to help you draw closer to God in 2022. We love you so much. Thanks for being here. Have a great day.